0: Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, chapter 13, I'm going to be uh, teaching this morning on the kingdom of God is like. So, Lord, over the next few minutes, as I I look into your word, I thank you that you would grant us all ears to hear and hearts to receive the word of God. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. amen. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. And we're going to begin reading in the first verse here in a moment. But Just as a reminder, as Jesus taught about the kingdom of God, which is God's rule and reign in the heart of man and over all creation, that which is current and that which is to come, he used parables, which were illustrated stories, to share a spiritual or eternal truth. The parables of the kingdom and the lessons they teach help us to understand more about subject matters such as faith and justice and grace, authority, righteousness, stewardship, forgiveness, mercy, peace, joy, hope, resurrection. So when Jesus was teaching about the parable, that's what he was teaching about. This is kingdom life. This is the way the kingdom of God works in you, and this is the way it's expressed through you. And so many times he used comparison or he would use analogies. He used metaphors. He he always taught in a way to try to help people to comprehend and understand. So here we are in Matthew's gospel, chapter 13, and let's take a look at a parable that Jesus taught about the kingdom and the significance of this parable cannot be understated. This, this is so, so important. It says, on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea and a great multitude were gathered together to To him, So he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, or look, or pay attention, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. And some fell on the stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold and some sixty and some thirty. Well, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That is such an, uh, 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 an important part of being able to understand and comprehend what Jesus is communicating. So let's continue to read here in verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and he said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to them it has not been given. Uh, I like a good mystery. I, I like uh, watching shows that, that the plot has a, an element of mystery to it. There's, there's within the storyline... And uh, within the programming, you know, they're dropping clues all along the way to try to keep you connected so that at the end you can figure it out. And it's not a mystery anymore, but you've solved the mystery. So when Jesus is teaching about the kingdom, it was very mystical or it was a mystery to them. They, uh, you know, at at times were like, what are you talking about? Why don't you talk to us plainly? If, If you have something to say, why don't you just say it? But Jesus really, in his wisdom, wanted to know who was paying attention, who has ears to hear, who's pliable, who's teachable. So there's a reason he taught in parables. We're going to get into that here in a moment because the disciples were like, "Why? Why do you talk to us when we're by ourselves and we're just amongst, you know, uh, and we're just sort of enjoying uh, our company? And you talk to us sometimes in, in pretty plain language, but when you're talking to the multitudes." Why is it that you're using these stories, these analogies? Why are you using illustrations when you're talking about the rule and the reign of your kingdom in their heart and over the nations? And Jesus goes on and he explains and gives them insight into why he's doing this. Actually, he's going to take uh, some of the words from the prophet Isaiah. And he says, though, prior to this in verse 12, for whoever has to him more will be given and he will have an abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Now, it almost sounds like Jesus here is the antagonist. Like he's the bad guy. Like, you know, there's people that don't see, so they don't see. There's people that don't understand, they don't understand. Almost like he's indifferent, but he's not. He's not indifferent. What he's saying is God is a just God. And there are people that have, and there's a reason that they have, and there's a people that have not, and there's a reason that people have not. And he's going to get right to the root of the issue. But you have to pay attention. You have to have an ear to hear what he's talking about. Otherwise, you'll miss it. And in missing it, you'll misunderstand God and his ways, misunderstand the mystery of the kingdom and how to solve the clues so that you and I can be included. Jesus is not trying to exclude anyone. Jesus is all-inclusive. He loves us all. But he can only pour into those who have ears to hear and hearts to understand. Otherwise, it's wasting his time. He's, he's wasting his time, and Jesus is a good steward of his time. Do you spend time with people that don't respect you, don't listen to you, don't value what you say? How much of your time are you willing to give to those kind of individuals? All day, three days, five days, a week, a year, 10 years. I mean, you give them some time and then over a period of time, if you discover they don't value your counsel, they don't value your wisdom, your knowledge, your experience, then you try to find someone who does. Do you do that? Do people in the marketplace do that? Absolutely. Who gets invested in? Those that are worthy of being invested in. Who gets promoted? Those that are promotable. Who stays at low levels? Those that don't pay attention, don't care, don't have ears to hear, and don't have a desire to change. Those people stay in the same places in life. Is that just or unjust? We would look at that in the marketplace and we say, that you get what you get. You reap what you sow. And somehow, though, when people picture Jesus and how he interacts with people, who he interacts with, we, we think that, well, God, that's not fair. That's not right. That's not just. And we're going to understand as we dive a little bit more into this parable that God is all-inclusive and he wants everyone to know without exception. But we determine how far we go in our relationship with Christ. We determine how far the kingdom of God penetrates our heart. And I, I want to give you a key, first key. It starts right here with these little doodobbers on the side of your head. And every mom, I love you, mother. If you're watching, you grabbed my ear for a reason when I was a little guy because you were like, Doug, that is the entrance into your heart. My mom grabbed my ear. Your mother ever grabbed your ear? Boy, they know what they're doing when they grab your ear. They get your attention. And this is what Jesus is doing. He's saying, man, I am grabbing your ear and I want it to be open. He longs for us to have a pliable and teachable heart. So he goes on and he says in verse 14, and in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says hearing you will hear and not understand and seeing you will see and not understand. Perceive why there's always a why after a statement like that right here's the answer for the heart of this people have grown dull their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and lest they should understand with their hearts in turn so that I will heal heal them and they don't have to stay in that condition. They can recognize what's hindering them and they can make adjustments. Verse 16, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Blessed, fortunate, happy, well to do are you because your eyes long to see, your ears desire to hear. For truly or assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. Now he's going to explain what he just shared. He is going to continue because he wants us to get it. You know, faith comes by hearing. Repetition is so healthy for us, hearing and hearing and hearing, because every time you hear it, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. You get more rooted, you get more grounded. I get more rooted and grounded the more I hear it. The worst thing we can do when we hear things multiple times is have an attitude. I've already heard that. I already know that. I already understand that. But here's the here's the reality. Do we really? Has it impacted us to the place that it's transformed our lives or do we hear it and it stays up here and it never travels here? Because what Jesus is dealing with is the heart condition of man. He's not dealing with a head problem. He'll get to that in other parables. What he is dealing with here, and the reason he's dealing with it, is because if this heart isn't addressed, then nothing he says can help it. Wow. Nothing he says can help it. He said, I I didn't create this heart. Sin created this heart. I'm trying to come and recreate it. But in order for me to have access into your life, you have to be open and receptive. I can't make you open and receptive, but maybe you can judge yourself in that. Do you have a know-it-all attitude? Do you have that I've heard it, I know it kind of prasad about you? Do you have airs about you of pride and arrogancy? If so, I'm not going to be able to help you because I can only help the humble. That's fair. That's just. That's righteous. He desires to help everyone. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure, you know, um, what causes us to be able to hear sometimes. But I think sometimes in my own life, it's the downward spiral of pride that causes pain. Because at the end of the downward spiral, you hit bottom. And in hitting bottom, and I don't know what bottom is for some people, but, you know, for me, I try to make it a real short trip <laughs> instead of a long journey of spiraling, spiraling, spiraling. I hit, whoa. And in hitting, I'm like, whoa, hey, I don't like this. I don't like what it's doing to me. I don't like what it's producing in me. I don't, how, I don't like what's happening in me at this moment. So I better open up my ears and start paying attention because I don't like where I am right now. And I have a responsibility for where I am. And I also have a responsibility towards God to look to him to help me to get out of this pickle. And that's the fun part, because when we cry out to the Lord, he hears our cry. His heart towards us is never hard. His understanding is never dim. His attitude is never condescending. But he can only come to those who call on him. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If we don't call, he doesn't come. He comes by permission. You say, wouldn't it be great? I think it would be great if God would just come and just overtake our heart. But then he would be a dictator. He'd be a tyrant. He wouldn't be our king. He would be like a conquering, ruthless king over the will of mankind. But he made us with a will. And we have to exercise that will to do his will. Even Jesus in his moment of temptation said, not my will, but your will be done. He had to bend his heart and his will to do the will of the father. And so it is with us. Great lessons. Let's continue to read because Jesus is going to unpack something here and we're going to love it. He says, therefore, because of all of this, because of. Of what I just said to you. Hear the parable of the sower. Really hear it. If you don't have the word hear underlined. Please do so. And as I read. Through the next several verses. If you do not have the words hear. Receive and understand. Circled or underlined in your Bible. Can I just encourage you to do so. Because they are key components to this. Truth. Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. The sower sows the word, the word of God sows in his where in his heart. Jesus is talking about the very core of who we are. This is he who received seed by the wayside. That's one condition of a person's heart. Number verse 20. He who received the seed on stony places, stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, enthusiasm. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word's sake or because of the seed that was sown immediately, he stumbles. So this person has you know, a greater capacity they receive, but they don't have great depth. They haven't got rid of some things to make more room for God. They're still easily offended when persecution or affliction arise because of the Word. Let me put it to you in an illustrated way. You get saved, give your life to Jesus, and somewhere you pictured you never have another problem in your life. As a matter of fact, if you have a problem, You actually get offended and mad at God and thought, I thought you came to save me, which means prevent anything from ever happening to me that was bad. Have you ever come to that conclusion? I mean, there's multitudes of people that have. There's multitudes of ministers in order to maybe. Sweeten salvation make statements like this just come to Jesus and he'll take care of all your problems come to Jesus and you'll never have another problem in life and that's really not the gospel is it we come to Jesus because we're in need of a Savior and he's the only one qualified we can't save ourselves Sin has separated us from God, and there's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. The appeal is come to Jesus and be saved from your sins. And you will have a savior who will walk with you in every season and through every circumstance. And in the end, you will have a home in heaven. But getting saved does not. Guarantee that the enemy is not still working out there to try to steal, kill, and destroy. The good news is, is that you do have a savior that abides with you. And you are now greater than the one who's in the world. You are now more than a conqueror. You now can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Well, think about all of those truths. If you have more than a conqueror living in you, it means you're going to have to conquer some things. If you're going to triumph in life through Jesus Christ, you're going to have some tribulation. If you're going to be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you, there's going to be things that come against you to try to make you weak. Correct? Absolutely. Now, when Jesus is teaching here, he's saying, I'm going to come. My kingdom's going to come and be a part of your life. To everyone who hears, receives, you will gain understanding. And the understanding will cause you to be more fruitful. You'll gain understanding and it will come in degrees. To some it will come in a 30, 60, 100 fold. That's what he's talking about. You're going to grow. You're going to see things differently. You're going to comprehend things differently. The filter of your life is going to be different because it's going to be filtered through your faith. You're going to see possibilities, not problems. You're going to see growth and increase in your life as the kingdom becomes more invasive in your life. But as long as you're offended when tribulation or persecution come, then the word that was sown in you is not going to bear fruit at that particular time. It didn't say it wasn't going to. But at that particular moment, something else is taking prevalence. Something else is preoccupying your attention. I, I love this the the uh pictures uh that that show when a desert blooms. Have you have you seen those those pictures? Seeds that are out in the desert have been dormant for many, 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 many years. Those seeds are still deep down in that soil, and when the seasonal rains come and the desert blooms, right? The seed is germinated and bears much fruit. So Jesus is going to continue here. Let's go on. So the second type of soil is those that, you know, sort of a little stony. They've they've got some, got a little depth, but not much. And verse 22, he who receives among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. That's unfortunate. This one also received seed, but his heart was thorny. It was filled with briars and thorns. And and even though he heard the word, there were other things that were preoccupying his attention, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches. And Mark's gospel said, and the lust of other things entering in, you know, even compounds the problem from the seed Bearing. But the seed was sown there, so the seed still has potential because the seed is the incorruptible word of God. So everyone's getting sown into those that have no interest, those that have some interest, those that are conflicted with their interest. They love the world and they love the ways of the world and they love the things of the world. And yet somehow deep in their heart, they also have a love for God. Can you identify with that? I mean, but he doesn't have preeminence yet. His kingdom hasn't fully penetrated. But it's not to say they don't love God or don't really care what he has to say. They're hearing to a degree, but not to the capacity that they have. Then he's going to describe the fourth type of soil. And he said in verse 23, he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Wow. Who indeed hears, who bears fruit and produces some. A hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. So this is the cornerstone of all that Jesus taught about the kingdom of God. When his disciples were with him privately, and I'm getting ready for the big finish, so drum roll, here it is. Okay. When his disciples were asking, you know, about what Jesus was talking about, he was saying, If you don't understand this, you won't understand how the kingdom works. So that's why he spent so much time expounding, illustrating this particular truth about the kingdom. Because this is the cornerstone to the kingdom. This is a cornerstone parable to all the parables. If you understand this, you'll get every other parable that Jesus talked about. Whether it was on justice, you won't have any trouble with justice. Our society troubled is troubled because of what they call social injustice. And if they understand the ways of the kingdom, then they can be at peace with that. Because there is a day of rectification. There is a day of rendering for everyone. There is a day of that. And and yes, I'm an advocate of supporting the foreigner, the weak, the downcast. Right? The devalued. I am a wave the flag high to the sanctity of life guy. We have to protect the innocent, the most fragile. I am a sanctity of life individual because we value everyone, even the elderly and fragile among us because they are made in the image of God. Absolutely. And there is justice that we desire here. And so we have to express the ways of the kingdom through us in order for that. And Part of that is serving them in their brokenness, serving them in their weakness, serving them in their fragile condition. Giving of ourselves, being selfless, going the extra mile, considering others better than ourselves. All of these things grade against the flesh and the carnal mind. Why should I do that? Why, well, that's their problem, that's their issue. I don't have time. I, I don't have the resources. I don't have the ability. And God is saying, would you trust me to fill in the gaps where you believe you don't fit? Because God is good at filling in the gaps. I believe that. I believe that to everyone who has more will be given because they want to do more. People that are doing something always want to do more. I've discovered that. And people that aren't doing anything are always looking out for themselves and looking for ways not to do things you you know that's right you you work with some of those people at work, those that work and those that are looking at ways not to work and yet get the same amount of money. Am I talking too plain? no, okay, all right, just want to make sure. This is the cornerstone of all that Jesus taught about the kingdom of God. So God is just. Everyone had an opportunity to hear and receive the seed. Everyone without exception. The sower sowed the word. God is just to all of us. He's shown himself to be faithful to every single person. That's why he is the just judge. And when people stand before the Lord and give an account for their life, they won't be able to say, I never knew. You never told me. And what he'll say is, I did Unfortunately, you just didn't want to hear what I had to say. Now, that's not always where we're at, correct? But at times it is. But he still keeps sowing into us because he's just and faithful. There's nothing wrong with the seed. There's nothing wrong with the message. There's nothing wrong with the messenger, which sometimes we like to find fault with both of those, but there's nothing wrong with them. The seed is incorruptible. It is the word of God. The seed reveals, though, the condition of the soil Four types of soil. People that are completely disconnected and disinterested. They place no value in the seed. Therefore, they don't guard their heart. Whatever you value, don't you protect? Amen. I mean, you protect your home. You protect your loved ones. You protect, you protect, you protect. Why? Because. That's what you value. So if you value the word of God, you protect your heart. You protect it from what? Getting hard. You don't allow persecution or affliction or offenses to harden your heart. You don't, you don't get mad at God. You don't blame God. You don't accuse God. You don't point your finger at God. Not for long. It might happen a few times and then you're like, you know, every time I do that, it's like a boomerang. Just come along, bam, right in the back of my head. Come on, Brady, wake up. Quit that. Because God didn't throw the boomerang. We did. All of a sudden he's like, are you paying attention? Are you pulling on on my ear, Jesus? Yes, I hear you. And we just say, all right. I'm listening. I'm sorry for not listening. I'm sorry for being hard hearted, for being prideful, for allowing this world and all its trappings to captivate my attention more than you. I'm sorry for just putting you on the back burner and saying, you know, I'll pay attention to you a little bit later. And he just patiently waits. Those seeds are still there. They're still in the soil and he's going to bring someone along to water them. So the enemies that we must identify in our lives, if we're going to gain understanding about the kingdom of God, which is how he rules and reigns in our hearts are, you know, we got to get rid of, as I said, our attitudes, our disinterest. We have to place value in the seed. We have to allow that seed to be sown into us. We have to. Watch ourselves and not allow stony hearts to develop where tribulation and persecution or the cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things come in and choke out the word, which is the stony and the thorny heart. And we have to make room in our heart for Christ to where we hear, we receive and we understand. I I'm going to finish with this. The prophet Jeremiah was given probably one of the hardest assignments of any of the prophets in the Old Testament. He had to go talk to a people who God said, I'm sending you to a people whose forehead is like a whore's forehead or a prostitute's forehead. They won't blush at anything. And I'm going to put a word in your mouth and you have to be faithful to go say it to them. But their hearts have become so hard and their ears have become so hard and calloused that they can't hear and they're going to look right through you and you're going to be telling them the truth and they have a whore's forehead. How would you like that assignment? No wonder he wept and wept and wept. Because if they would only have a heart to hear, then the kingdom of God could have come to them. If they only would have received See, our responsibility is to sow the word. And then those that respond keep sowing into them. The others pray God send someone else to water or keep sowing. I know there are seasons in my life I was more receptive than other seasons and you can probably identify circumstances where I was much more pliable, moments where I was much more teachable. Can I get a witness? But guess who kept showing up, sowing the word? Somebody. God's always got a witness. God's always got a messenger. God's always got a word. And I just pray that we understand this is how the kingdom works. A seed is sown. And over time, it'll reveal what kind of soil it landed in. That's our part to pay attention to. Any adjustments that need to be made can be made. Any adjustments that need to be made can be made. You don't have to stay where you're at. You can go and grow from where you are. And in the end, when we make more room for God by uprooting all the things that are cluttering our heart... That he described our root systems go down and the fruit comes up. And you increase and you have understanding beyond your years. Because the word of God gives it to you. Oh, now I understand why things are unfolding the way they are. Now I understand how forgiveness works. Now I understand mercy. I understand justice and righteousness. I understand joy. I understand eternal life. I understand stewardship. I understand the kingdom. Hear. Receive. Understand. That's how it works. That's how the kingdom works. Hear. Receive. Understand. We do it just the opposite. We want to understand it. Then I might listen to you then I might change. Jesus' culture is counterintuitive. He said, no, it's the heart first, the head follows. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641 828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com